So as um, I'm prone to do on occasion, I want to begin with a question for you. So think about this. And this is one of those questions that maybe you've been asked before or you've thought of before. But here's, here's the question. So if you knew, if you knew that you only had 24 hours to live, what would you tell your friends and people that you love? What would you want to tell them? What would you want them to know? Jesus was in that situation as he gathered with his um, disciples at what we call uh, the Last Supper, the Passover feast. He knew that really soon he was going to die. And, and, and there's different gospels that share different stories. It's most exhaustive in, in John um, 13 to 17 what it is that he shares, the truths that he shared, uh, important truths, things that he really wanted them to know. And that's been the basis of this series, looking at truths throughout those um, four chapters. Risen for a reason for you. All of the things that he shared as truths validated by the resurrection as being real and possible. And that indeed he would do them, as he said. Things like helping you to know what real greatness is, which we looked at the first week, so that you would be great. Truth out of John 13, the washing of the feet, explaining it. What does it mean to really be great in this world? Not like what the world shares and tells you. But Jesus spoke so that you would know what true greatness is. And then... Um, what it would mean to, to know the most important things in life. That was week two. The giving of the Holy Spirit, John 14, to teach us all things so that you would know the most important things about living life and that you could then have the best life ever, the one he has planned for you. And then what it means to have joy, John 16, real joy, whole joy, complete joy. So that you'd experience that in the living of life, even when times are hard and difficult. And then last week, with truth out of John 17, what it means to be united to him and in him so that you would have hope, real hope, a deep hope knowing that he is your God, promises to be your God forever, through thick and thin, as they say, in all things, and that you're united in him with others. Well, back to the question I ask you, what did you have go through your mind? You know, if we could take a quick poll and I would ask, I'm sure that maybe the, the number one answer was what I've heard people say, uh, numerous times and that is if I only had 24 hours to live the thing that I would want my friends and my loved ones to know would be that I love them I would want them to know that beyond a shadow of a doubt that I love them friends that's what Jesus wanted you to know 
And that's what he shares in his word and in his truth this morning. And I invite you to open up your hearts to his love as you hear his words from John 15, verses 9 to 17. Hear the living word of God, his truth written for you. As a father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that they lay down their life for their friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his father's or his master's business. Instead, I have called you my friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and to bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. This is the Word of God. Might it be written on our hearts, lived in our lives. There's a lot of truth in there and a lot of things um, for us to to learn and to know about who it is that we're called to be. But I just want to focus on what it is that Jesus is saying and making as a promise to you, and that is that he loves you. I heard a, a story about a guy named Carl Bart. Does anybody know who Carl Bart is? He, just a couple. Well, he was the greatest uh, theologian, arguably, um, in, in the contemporary world of our time. Uh, he was gathered at a conference with all the other brilliant theologians. All these great minds came together and in an auditorium that was packed with all this brilliance he had a question and answer time, and, and, and um, they were asking him all these difficult questions and about all the ologies, and he was sharing and, and speaking um, truth about them and explaining it for people. And then he got asked this question, and the question was this. Uh, Mr. Bart, what do you consider to be the greatest truth? He paused for a moment, and then he said this. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And then he walked off the stage. The greatest truth ever for you and me to know is that Jesus loves us. Simple truth in a children's song that is so powerful and that there is no greater truth to know. Jesus shares it in his word with us this morning, that truth, that precious truth. Verse 9, as a father has loved me, think about that for a moment, we'll unwrap that, so I have loved you. God's love, whole, complete, perfect, that's the way that Jesus loves you. Isn't love a, an incredible gift? Oh, man. You know, I, I start to think about that 
and even as I went through this morning, I thought about it more, but I think I, I thought about the friends that I, that I have and the love that we share and, and what that has meant throughout the years um, as we, we went through life together. The, the giving and taking, the things that we did and who we were to each other. I, I thought about the relationship that I have with my children. I think about the love that we have. And, and um, if that's not the case, sometimes it's really painful, right? But I thought about the love that I have with them and what that means and what that looks like. I, I thought about my wife and the love that, that we have. It, it's a precious gift. And unfortunately, it's something, this thing called love, isn't it, that so often we take too much for granted? A, a precious, incredible thing, this thing called love, and how it then pours itself out on what it means in our hearts and in our lives. To be loved is awesome, it's great, it's wonderful, isn't it? And then I think about God's love and all that it is. I can't even wrap my brain around it. And so when I hear those words, that simple truth, Jesus loves me, this I know. Think about all that that means and all that he reveals it to be here in his word. It's powerful, it's profound, incredible, amazing. Any superlative that you could give it beyond that. I hope you know the love of God. It is so life-changing, so incredible. Rick Warren says this about God's love, pastor at Saddleback. God's love is like an ocean. You can see its beginning, but not its end. It's vast, immeasurable. It has no end. And it's amazing because God loves us, of course, before we even did one little thing to be loved. I love truth about that. 1 John 4, 10, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice. Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his love for us in this, that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. See, often we, we love people. Why? Because of the relationship that we share and the things that they do for us or who they are to us. But God loved us before we even did one good thing. That's amazing love. It's unconditional love. Incredible love. Powerful love. There's so many things to think about when you think about God's love. It, it, it's so mind-blowing you just can't really ever know where to stop. One of the things that I think about is that the God who created the universe, the creator of all things, loves me. He loves me in an intimate and personal way. Think about that. Augustine, a great theologian, said this, God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. God loves each of us as if there was only one of us. And I had a hard enough time doing that with four kids in the house, man. Tony Campalo, who was an evangelist um, back in the day, um, he, he said this, just a real, he's an inner city guy from Philadelphia, said it really plain and simple. 
God has a picture of you in his wallet. That's how intimate and how personal the God who reveals himself to you is. That's how deep his love is for you and me. Francis Chan calls it crazy love. Maybe you've seen that series or read the book. It is so profound, this love of God that we learn in those simple children's songs. And he gave us plenty of evidence, didn't he? About his love. He shares things in his word. Verse 10 He's sharing again how we can demonstrate our love to him, but he also shares how he demonstrated his love for us. If you obey my commandments, you'll remain in my love. So obedience, remaining in love, we shared that in a, in a, in a message not too terribly long ago. But then he says this, just as I have obeyed my father's commands and remain in his love. What did the father command him to do for you? Well, you don't need to be a Bible scholar to figure that one out, right? He commanded him to do what? First, he came to earth, suffered a lot of rejection. We don't deal with rejection too well. Jesus handled it in a way that is beyond perfect. Then you know the Easter story, right? Mocked, ridiculed, innocently arrested, beaten, flesh torn to shreds. More on that on Good Friday. Dying on a cross. Obedience, divine obedience. Why? Out of love for you. Out of love for us. Isn't it incredible, the love of God? So, so profound and evidence of it. What, what indicators are there of love in your relationships? I mean, that, that's one of the ways in which we, we know that there's love there, right? That there's evidence. And so you, I just want you to think about that a little bit too. And, and certainly we know that obedience is a part of that, right? And, and I know that I shared with you a few weeks ago this too. You know, I always ask my children to obey me not because... I was the, the dad or not because it was the right thing to do, but I just wanted them to obey me because they loved me. And, and then I knew I'd have the highest form of obedience. I just kind of learned that somewhere. And, and that's what God shares is, is evidence of Jesus' love for us. He, he obeyed. He obeyed without grumbling. He obeyed without resisting. He had quite a prayer about it in the garden. Love, love, love. And what that looks like in the relationships that we have. We know that when we see it, and we know that people are loving to us, it just is so awesome and so incredible. Jesus did the same things for you and me. He gave evidence of his love in ways that were profound. And then he demonstrates it in the living of life. 
he shares a, a couple of things um, at the end of this passage, speaking pretty directly to those that were gathered, but also to us, and shares this truth in verse 15. I no longer call you servant because the servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you my friends for everything that I learned from my father I've made known to you. That's what somebody who loves you does. They teach you things. They don't hold anything back. They let you know what's in their hearts. They, they want to help you. They want you to learn. They want you to grow. That's a way to demonstrate real and true love. That's what Jesus did. That's what he's still doing through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Teaching, 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 wanting you to know, wanting you to learn. Why? Because he loves you. And it's not a forced love. You know, if you went back a couple of weeks to John 13, and one of the things that he shares in there when he's speaking about washing the feet and humility was he, he said, yet yeah, you call me teacher and Lord, you're right, that's who I am. He didn't shy away from that title. But then he washed feet. And here he says, what? He says, you're my friends. If you command what I do, I no longer call you servants. See, he, he was the Lord, and yet that's not what he acted like. He didn't lord it over them. You know, I think that's one of, the, one of the sad things about in the world today in terms of, of leadership we have a lot of poor examples of what it means to be a loving leader. People who are bosses who want to, et cetera, et cetera. And parents, I'm just going to be honest, loving examples coming alongside of helping, caring, so profound. That's what Jesus did. That's what he demonstrated day in and day out with these guys. And, and, and you, know, you know that they understood and they knew his love. Why else would they have done what they did? Every one of them died a martyr, save Judas. Because they knew the love of Jesus. It's so, so incredible. And I wonder, what evidence is there? How do we demonstrate our love for him? I want you to think about that, too. Right now, if you could go back and you could play out your last week, what would be there that says to God, I love you? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that in condemnation or to make you feel guilty. I'm just asking the question. Think about it. And what can be there next week, and the week after that, and the week after that, and the week after that? Things to think about. But back to the love of Jesus Christ. I look at those last two verses. He says, you did not choose me. Just think about that. I, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Chosen. Chosen. Revealed grace. There is no other reason other than he loves you. You know, I think about that, and that's one of the things that blows my mind up because I know myself. 
I'd like to think at some level I'm not, not a bad guy. But to think that God chose me, revealed his grace to me, Kevin, it just is, it just is powerful. And then beyond that, I, I think about the, the partnerships in the gospel. We've been using that phrase lately, and I, and I hope we, we keep using it. Chose you and appointed you to do what? Go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. See, God demonstrates his love for us by choosing us, by equipping us, giving us the presence of the Holy Spirit to empower, to lead, to guide through this thing called life. Talk about a great GPS system. God, they're in your heart each and every step of the way, helping you, giving you strength, coming alongside of you in those hard and those difficult moments. Man, we have a lot of them. To pour out mercy and comfort and peace. Why? Because he loves you. He chose you because he loves you. He equips you because he loves you. He empowers you because he loves you. And then the privilege, the privilege, the privilege of being a part of his plans, eternal plans. That's another thing that blows my mind. That God would entrust me and us with that incredible privilege, something that changes the landscape. Think about it, the landscape of, of humanity in heaven forever. Doesn't that blow your mind? It does mine. And just circle back and you connect it to what? His great love. It is so profound. I think of one of my um, favorite songs by Big Daddy Weave, Overwhelming. Listen to it this afternoon. You'll love it. Great song. It is so overwhelming that God loves us and loves us in the way that he does. Greatest truth ever. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. I could have sang that. But sing it in your heart. Sing it in your heart every day. Let's pray together. Lord God, you're an amazing God. We thank you for the truths that you share with us, the things, oh God, that are so real and powerful as we know you, that come to life as we live. And Lord, yet none greater than your love for us. And Lord, it is my hope, it is my deepest hope, that not one person who's listening, who's gathered, oh God, doesn't know your love. And if that's the case, oh God, I pray, oh Lord, that you'd help them to think about it, to wrestle with it, and maybe even now in this moment, open up their heart to the love that you desire to pour into their life in this moment and then forever. That they would know that you love them despite their sin and their past mistakes. Despite the things, oh God, that they're wrestling with even now, you love them. And you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for their sins 
out of his great love, he obeyed and he rose again, all to say it's true. I love you, I love you, I love you. So might it be. And might our hearts be open to it, O oh God. And the vastness and the power of it each and every day as we live our lives. So the love that you give to us can flow through us as we strive to simply be who you, O God, created, redeemed, gifted, and called us to be now and forevermore. Amen.